Hello and welcome to the Thundercast. I am your host, Kelton Jacobson. Joined with me today, as always, by Parker Haney. Parker, how we doing? Doing just swell. Just swell, he says. Also by Hayden Coombs. Hayden? Good morning. Good morning. And special guest today, Ryan Bailey. Ryan, how we doing? We're doing good. Excited to be here. Big fan of the podcast. I've listened to every playoff episode, so... Oh, I'm not embarrassing myself being here today, but well, you're gonna you're gonna give us some of your own hot takes uh, today. We're gonna go over um, the NBA Finals, what it's shaped out to be. Um, then we're also gonna you know dip into a little bit of what our favorite playoff moments were to this point, um, and then also maybe our favorite or our biggest regular season surprises. Um, it could be regular and playoff season surprises, and then um, we're also just gonna touch on. Uh, maybe some off-season predictions uh, going forward, which might be a little bit difficult to do. I think uh, Parker and I were talking before we started, and it's hard to do off-season predictions until about the NBA draft, until we start realizing what teams are are going to get what. Um, And we're going to have a pretty good NBA draft episode coming out here pretty soon, uh, as soon as the finals end. Um, So let's start out with the uh, Western Conference finals between the LA Clippers and the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix, Pulls that off uh, four games to two, and I I don't think many people were surprised. Parker, I think you picked the Clippers in seven just to be the bad guy, um, to have the bad guy pick. But nonetheless, Phoenix Phoenix pulls it off. Phoenix is looking really, really good. Uh, so they go into the NBA Finals uh, for the first time since the Barkley area, era, if I'm not mistaken. And then, um, and then of course, Atlanta and Milwaukee, which actually turned out to be a pretty entertaining series. Um, I mean, it, it sucks that Trey Young got hurt. Sucks that Giannis got hurt, but still. Um, let me ask you a question: Is is Chris Middleton the best Milwaukee Buck right now? The thing with Chris Middleton is he's either the best Milwaukee Buck or he's the tenth man. There's <laughs> no middle ground with Chris Middleton, and I I love Chris Middleton, but he's been that way. His entire time he's been mm-hmm. in the league. I mean, it was it was endearing that this like second round pick that they got what they traded Brandon Jennings for him straight up. It's endearing when he's like coming off the bench and dropping thirty one night and then eight the next night because it's like gosh, whatever you get out of him is great. Or he is an all star. He's the second best player on a finals team. You can't do that, you know. Now, right. You, you got to be better. Um, and for most of last series, he was better. I think he'll keep being that guy into to the finals, but uh, it, it does make me nervous. He seems much more properly slated for, like, the third-best guy role rather than the mm. second. Interesting. I think, you know, he's he's one of those guys that might in a couple of years say, you know what, I, I want to be the, my own pull a Jeremy Grant and say I want to yeah. go and, and uh, have my own team. But we'll see about that. I, um, he's old, though. Is he? He's getting there because yeah. he was a four-year guy in college. Um, I know he was with Detroit for a few years. He's probably what 28, 29. So let me check real quick. But huh. he's he his his clock is ticking. Oh, then there you go. Maybe he'll just uh, hop back on Giannis's coattails. I mean, I would if mm-hmm. I were him. Um. Anyways, Giannis doesn't play. I believe the last two games of that series. 29. He's twenty nine. Chris Middleton is twenty nine. Um. So Giannis doesn't play. The last two games, I believe, of that series, and then, uh, but Milwaukee still is able to to pull it out. Um, 
Drew Holiday is a huge pickup. Brooke Lopez, uh, <laughs> who I never thought Jack I would. Lopez. Yeah, I never he thought I would. Uh, I mean, Brooke Lopez is the best player on that team. <laughs> <laughs> so. uh, there was there was a, there were some excellent memes coming out after uh, Brooke Lopez took them to a game six or sitting, game five victory. Yeah, cross legged <laughs> Brooke Lopez. Oh man. Um, so Phoenix and Milwaukee. I saw a cool tweet today um, that said neither uh, none neither of these teams, any of the players on either of these teams, have actually won an NBA Finals. It's the first time since 1971 that there is not a player for either squad that has won an NBA Finals, which is kind of wild. That's crazy. That's so long. Yeah. That's 50 years. Shaq's, Shaq's streak of having yeah. a teammate is win bro- is broken now. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I mean, you look at the, the teams. This is what's been so fun about the finals this year is the small market, non-traditional teams winning. You know, Milwaukee hasn't been good since Luau Cinder was their center. Right. You know, Phoenix, we may have been talking about them differently had the seven seconds or less Suns beat the Lakers. But they couldn't beat the year. Lakers, yeah. yeah. But Tim Donahue wouldn't let them, <laughs> you know. Um, so it's, it's. I mean, even Atlanta, they haven't been good since they were the St. Louis Hawks, you know. <laughs> it's been a while when, for them. Who was it? Bob Pettit was winning mm-hmm. the NBA championship for them. So it's. And then the Clippers have never been good. No, no. And it, the Clippers are so interesting because for years it was like, gosh, it'd be so fun to see the Clippers be good all of a sudden. And then when they got good – with Kawhi and Paul George, suddenly everyone's like, no, F those guys. Yeah. Like yeah. They didn't get good the right way. Yeah. Yeah. We want you to be good with Chris Kamen and Marco Yarick. Yeah, we don't exactly. want you to be good with, <laughs> Signing with Kawhi. Bring back Corey Maggette. Oh, Mark, geez. Don't even get me started. <laughs> uh, former Milwaukee Buck All-Star, by the way. No, I'm just teasing. Um, Duke Blue Devil. So, uh, Milwaukee and Phoenix, the two and the three seed. Uh, so, Phoenix will have home court advantage here. Uh, I think Phoenix has the advantage early because they are more or less healthy. They are the healthier team going in. I mean, you don't know what's going to go on with Giannis. Chris Paul is point god right now. I mean, he really is. He's he's outstanding. Devin Booker's proven himself, uh, at least in these playoffs, to be a really, really solid guy, a, a star. Um, I still have my bias against him just because everyone wants to compare him to Donovan Mitchell and... And I I worship <laughs> at Donovan Mitchell's feet, so I won't go that far to say that he's a superstar yet. But um, he he's great. He's he's just he's just great. Um, but of course, Phoenix has the X factor here too, where they have Jay Crowder, who has for some reason been to the NBA Finals more than anyone else ever has. It seems like so, um, but never won. But never won. So we'll see what happens there. So give me give me your predictions. Give me what you think is going to happen in this series. Um, I have my take, but, uh, Parker, what do you think? Um, I do just want to start out by saying I was the bad guy on the Hawks bucks. Oh, <laughs> I picked, I picked the Suns to win the finals. My bad. You did. I did I'm pick wrong. Atlanta to win in seven. You're right. To be the bad guy. Yes. That's well, right. Also, they could have, if, you know, Trey doesn't step on the ref's foot. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm, and the reason I said that and the reason I said it on the last pod was because I still believe that Chris Paul is the best player left. I think that yeah. he's the best player on the floor anytime he's on the floor. Um, due to the way that he can control the game and now the way that he's scoring the ball. You could see it um, 
in that game six, when it came down to it, Chris was just like, I'm not going to freaking do this again. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to blow a 3-1 lead. I'm not going to lose again. I'm not going to let it get to seven games. I'm not going to get hurt. I'm going to take over the game. I'm going to win it right now, and I'm going to go to the finals. And I think that's going to continue. You know, I don't think he's going to be shook at all being in the finals. I know he's never been there, but, I mean, he's been dreaming about it for forever and has been hoping to get there for 16 years that he's been playing. Um yeah. So I think that I think that Chris Paul is the best player left in the series, and I I just like this Suns team more than I like this Bucks team. I I love DeAndre Ayton. I love what he's doing. Mm-hmm. He's been an absolute beast for him all playoffs. I love Devin Booker. He's got that killer mentality that I don't think he cares that it's the finals either. No, I, I, I he's going to go out and just get buckets and mm-hmm. do what he does, and then yeah, I mean, I guess I don't know. I'll take. Jay Crowder or Mikael Bridges over Bobby Portis. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. So I, I'm actually gonna go Suns in five. Yeah. See, I can't I, I I'm I'm pretty close to that too. I mean, um Phoenix has been the best team in the playoffs, in my opinion. Just yeah. Of of all sixteen teams that have come through, Phoenix they were they were the only team in the playoffs besides the Bucks, of course, to have a sweep. Um and and Phoenix swept the Nuggets in the second round. So, uh, Ryan, what do you think of this series? Yeah, I as a Utah Jazz loyalist, I thought the cards lined up for the small market teams mm-hmm. like the Jazz to make it, but it's Chris Ball's time. And so I'm with Parker. Actually, after the second game of the Denver series, uh, I was I said the Suns were going to win, and that was still with New Jersey or Brooklyn, excuse me, and um, <laughs> New Jersey. So. I, I've got them in six. I just think the craziest thing for me is the maturation of that team. Mm-hmm. Um, Parker hit on the head. Aiton's figured it out, and I, I give the credit to Chris Paul, absolutely, and Jay Crowder. Those veterans that get in there and for and whatever. So does Aiton? Yeah, Aiton was. Yeah, he did. He said he saved his, his career. Mm-hmm. But even like, it's not just the play. And like Devin Booker, he grew up. You know, he's always been a bucket getter. He could always score. He had seventy against whoever mm-hmm. but now he's like a winning bucket getter and like even when he's not playing well he's still contributing which is which has been cool i think that was his biggest knock for the longest time is this guy just came in and he got buckets but yeah. his team wasn't winning we thought he was a good stats bad team guy yeah, yeah. exactly and and he's i think he's matured uh mikhail bridges cam the cams both cams Ooh. yeah um they, what pickups what pickups yeah, for the suns yeah maybe if they haven't Drafted the Jalen kid from Jalen Smith. Yeah, that was a mess. They could have someone else. But, um, you know, James Johnson's crafted a good team. But, yeah, just the momentum, the maturation, shot making. uh, They've got a guy that can get a bucket anytime he needs to. they got kind of two of those guys in the guards. Mm -hmm. James Jones. James Jones. That's the GM, not James Johnson. Can you imagine if James Johnson was the GM? Oh. It'd be like we're drafting Connor McGregor. Yeah, we're drafting Dennis Rodman. We're trading yeah. for Grayson <laughs> Allen. <laughs> we, we are literally going to beat the other team up. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah I think it's Suns. I've been on the Suns bandwagon for a little bit. It broke my heart to say that, but um, yeah, I'm I'm with you as soon as the Jazz went down. I, but it, you know, it's a year of the small market, so yeah. And I just I just want CP to get it. Mm-hmm. Man, he deserves it. He's 
as much as much as you hate watching him, I mean, he knows the rules better than it. It's annoying to watch sometimes because he's talking to the refs and you think he's just complaining. But he's he knows the rule book yeah. better than I yeah. think any player in the NBA, and he knows how to like manipulate the rules and and you know he's the king of that stop and get the foul, which will probably go away for him. So maybe he gets a championship and goes yeah. <laughs> into, into the sunset. But he's a smart player, a good leader. He found a team that clicked with his with his energy. I mean, and for everything that was talked about him and Harden not working out and he was the problem, he made it to the finals first. Right? Was he? Was yeah. he the problem? And and Hayden made this point earlier last week that, or maybe it was Braden Bagley when we were ch- chatting about the same thing, that for some reason it never clicked mentorship with the, with the Clippers. Maybe yeah. it's too big of we're at the same age, you can't tell me what to do. But this Suns team – has just eaten up. And yeah. Whether he resigns or not, or opts in or opts out, they're, this team is better off because I think all these yep. young players now have this mindset of, I mean, you see a little bit of a baby Kobe and um, Booker, and yeah. and, I, and I love it. And like I said, you see Aiton just mature. So, I think you got to, when, when Chris Paul was traded to the Thunder last season, you know, we were all ready to write him off. Everyone was, and if anyone says otherwise, I mean, I'd, I'd like to see the receipts. But um, we, we we thought the Thunder were going to be a lottery team, and then that, that guy dragged that team <laughs> to the playoffs and made a very competitive series against the Houston Rockets, which they arguably should have won, except James Harden decided to play defense for the second time in his life um, in that last play. Of course, I don't know why you give the ball to Lugensdort at the last for the last shot, but... <laughs> the torture chamber that's a good one anyways um but then he was traded to the suns for was ricky rubio yeah rubio probably 18 picks the way sam presti operates mm-hmm. yeah so not much i mean i thought i thought the phoenix suns were going to be good i i had them probably at the beginning of the season i had them probably seventh or eighth um, right, playoffs, but not NBA champions. But not NBA NBA no. champions. So, um, Hayden, what do you think? So, a um, few things. Last week or whenever we recorded, I said Milwaukee. I feel obligated to stay with Milwaukee, even though my heart tells me Phoenix. You know, I, I just – you look at Phoenix's sixth, seventh, eighth guys, and you can't tell me who Milwaukee's are. Right. But all of Phoenix's have been playing substantial minutes, like – they're they're built for for a playoff run. Um, you guys mentioned uh, DeAndre Ayton already. One thing that I see kind of happening with him is the biggest knock on Ayton his entire career hasn't been anything to do with him as much as it's been you could have had Luka Doncic, right? Right. And I see that kind of shifting online. People aren't mentioning that anymore, and it's not because Ayton is in Luca's category. It's not because he's going to be better than Luca, but it's almost like Hakeem Olajuwon, Michael Jordan-esque in the sense where Hakeem Olajuwon was so good and he played his role so well that people give the Rockets a pass on passing on the best player to ever play the game, right? But you don't give the Blazers that pass. DeAndre Ayton, I think, is coming into that role where we're going to give the Suns a pass for passing on yeah. Luka. I still think yeah. they'd be better off with Luka. Right. Because I think there's a lot of big guys out there that can do what DeAndre does right now for the Suns. But 
he takes a few more steps and suddenly it's like, all right, we're going to go grill mm-hmm. Kings, mm-hmm. not the Suns anymore. Yeah, right? the so Kings don't get a pass. Marvin no. Bagley, Sam Bowie. Yeah, so um, I'm excited to, to, to see what he continues to do. As a Bulls fan, it's broken my heart a little bit to see Bobby Portis go out there and just Aww. destroy. <laughs> Love crazy eyes. So sad and they let him go for, you know, trying to kill Nikola Mirotic. Yeah. <laughs> it is defense. It was just one punch. But um, broke his face. He literally broke his face. Last shot. <laughs> then they thought that they could coexist. <laughs> all those pictures of practice after he came back were the best. Can you just see Portis in the corner giving those looking at him like you say one word. You say one thing to the media. Punch you but, in uh, the face again. It's uh yeah, I I I think Suns uh, are slated to win the championship, and uh, it, it's exciting because this team has the makings to be good for a long time, mm-hmm. right, for the next three or four years. Not saying they're going to win for the next three or four years, but they're at least going to be competitive. They're going to be good. They're going to be good. Yeah, no, you do give the Suns a pass. I mean, Luka's, let's, Luka is probably, what, the third best player in the NBA right now? Second or third? He's up there. He's up there, somewhere along those lines. So, yeah, do you pass on him? Obviously not. But it's it's harder to find a big guy with Aiton's talent, and that's kind of like what you're saying with with Elijah Wan. Obviously, you're going to pick Elijah Wan because he's he's seven foot two and he can do whatever he wants. Well, and they had Clyde the Glide. Yeah, yeah. So that's Jordan is a repeat of what quote unquote they thought they had. Well, Clyde was in Portland. Was he still? Yeah. Okay. But that's that's one of my favorite NBA. Or that's why what Portland, ifs. that's why Portland went with Bowie. That's with Bowie, yeah. with Bowie because they had uh, Clyde, that's Kevin right. Porter, you know. Um, but Houston actually had a trade worked out with Portland to send Ralph Sampson for the second pick and Clyde Drexler, and that's what Hakeem always says is his greatest what if. Mm. He's like, if Portland would have pulled the trigger on that, it would have been me, Clyde, and Michael. All in our primes are all developing together. Right, that team doesn't win seventy games. That team wins eighty two. Eighty two games. games. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but you, yeah, you 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 take you take Aiton. I think you still do. If you do it over again, if you're Phoenix, I don't know. You might still take take Aiton just because you have Devin Booker. But if they win know. a championship, you can't say they take anyone yeah, else. Yeah, right. Yeah. You, like, you it worked. Yeah. Um, I'm right there with you, though. I, I feel like I kind of need to stay with the Bucks as well just because I've said it the whole time. Yeah. Whoever won the, the Brooklyn-Milwaukee series was going to win the NBA championship. If Giannis comes back, um, I don't think he'll come back in game one, maybe not even game two, but if he comes back you know, in, in game three, four of the series um, and Milwaukee maybe has stolen a game, I think that spells trouble for Phoenix. Milwaukee's just a headache defensively. Yeah. Uh, you have Drew Holiday who... who can guard Chris Paul as good as anyone can. Absolutely. So excited for that. Yeah. You can, you have Chris Middleton who's long who can bother Devin Booker, but I I tend to go with what you say Parker like 7 6 7 8 Who's yeah. who does Milwaukee have? Jeff Teague. Mm-hmm. Uh and yeah, Bobby Portis. So you kind of have to think about that when you're making predictions. With that said, um, I actually still am going to take Milwaukee on the the premise that Giannis does come back. 
and I'll go ahead and say Milwaukee in six. And they do match up very well with the Suns, better than any team has so far. Better than anyone, yeah. Well, and they've got their own defensive X factor and P.J. Tucker, a little revenge mm-hmm. series yeah. for him. Well, and that's the thing. Like, we make such a big deal out about Jay Crowder. Who's Jay Crowder going to guard? You know? Yeah. I guess Giannis when he comes back. Mm-hmm. But until he comes back, maybe I maybe middle to me. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't see not tall enough to guard uh, – Brooke. Lopez, Lopez yeah. I don't think he's going to keep up with Middleton, so it's it's going to be interesting. So yeah, that's true. You kind of you put your one of your better defenders on PJ Tucker, who's just standing there in the corner. The right, whole time. you're wasting him. Yeah. So uh, I got so I'm going to keep with uh, Milwaukee in six. Parker, you say Phoenix in five. Aiden, your prediction? Uh, I'll go Milwaukee in six as well because that's kind of my thing. Six <laughs> and six. Don't yeah, I think I think Hayden said six for every, every single, single series series um, in in these playoffs. And Ryan, what you got? I got Phoenix and six. Phoenix and six. All right. So there you have it. You have Phoenix. Uh, you have Phoenix winning in Milwaukee to yeah. finish it off, and you have Phoenix Parker winning in Phoenix to finish it off. And Hayden and I have Milwaukee winning in Milwaukee to finish it off. So. All right. Well, there you have it. Uh, this will be a fun one. It's unpredictable. It's. Uh, I don't think any of us thought at the beginning of the season this is what we were going to get. Nope. I think everyone basically penciled in um, the Lakers and the Nets. That is not what we got. Not even close. So, And I'm here for it. So with that said, um, favorite playoff moment. All righty. I kind of sprung this on uh, Parker, Hayden, and Ryan when we got here today that we were going to do this uh, in the podcast. Um I'm, I'll go ahead and start out just to give you guys a little bit of time to think, but uh, my favorite playoff moment so far, or thus far in 2021 is Trey Young becoming the villain in New That's York. Mm-hmm. I thought the way he just played with that Madison Square Garden crowd was just awesome. With You know, we, when he shushed them, you know, uh, or the we'll see you in the A or everything like that. Oh, my gosh. He just became the villain. I was here for it, and uh, I've I've been thinking a lot about like what Trey Young is going to do in the future. Like, is is he did he cement himself in these playoffs to become a superstar, or did he just have a really really nice playoffs, or did the Hawks just have a really really nice playoffs? Because there were times where Trey Young didn't play great, and yep. there were also times where Trey Young didn't play, <laughs> and his team still won. So I'm kind of on the fence of what Trey Young will be, but and once again, he's another player that's going to be very. Negatively impacted by the rule changes this offseason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Um, but, yeah, I don't know what he will be in the future, but I do know that he will be the villain in New York for a very, very long time. Yeah. So, And that's going to be fun to watch for a very, very long yes. time. Because yeah. New York is going to be bad for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, oh. oh, yeah. They're, they're never going to be... The old Knicks. This is know. about as good as the Knicks are going to get for a while. Absolutely. Unless they get Dame. A 4-1 <laughs> first-round exit. This is <laughs> as good as they're going to be. Yeah. Oh, man. I hate the Knicks so much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Parker. What's your favorite uh, playoff moment? Um, I'm going to do – there were a few that I that I had in mind. I'm going to do the Damian Lillard in Game 5. That against was the Nuggets, so fun. Yeah. he did in fourth in the fourth quarter and in in overtime, the first overtime and the second overtime. Um, so Dame had fifty five points, <laughs> ten assists, six rebounds. 
Uh, he made 12 threes. He was 17 of 24. That is incredibly efficient to score 55 points. Um, and then I'm just going to run you through a little bit of <laughs> what happened um, at the end of this game. So they're down 115-119. Damien Lillard gets a steal, passes to C.J. McCollum, 118-119. They foul Marks Morris. He makes two free throws, 118-121. And five seconds left. Damien Lillard hits a step back three. 121-121, we're going to overtime. It was already a crazy shot, right? Like, we were already freaking out. Dang, I can't believe you hit that. Like, you know, it never happens when mm-hmm. you foul and they make you free throws and then you have to make the three, and he did it. And then we go to overtime, and they jump out to a nine-point lead. Yeah. And Damian Lillard gets an and one, uh, makes it 126-132. Jokic hits a bucket. Damian Lillard comes down, hits a three, 129-134. Damien Lillard comes down and hits another three, 132-134. There's 20 seconds left now. Marcus Morris makes one free throw, misses one free throw. Six, <laughs> 15 seconds left. Damien Lillard comes down and hits another three, 135-135, to send it to double overtime. As I'm saying it, it sounds like there's no way he's going to come down and hit another three, right? Like, and then, and then it's like, he does. Yeah, okay. They're they're Someone finally the sliders up. They're finally out of it. They've they went down nine in the first overtime, and he just willed them to win. And it was one of the, I mean, they didn't end up winning, but it was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. I literally was watching it with my wife, and she doesn't even care. And I was like, babe, I'm telling you, this is one of the craziest mm-hmm. <laughs> things I've ever seen yeah. on a basketball floor because yeah. it was literally like. The most storybook thing you could see. Like, there's no way he's going to hit another one. And, and he would he come was. down and hit another one. What was, was just, heartbreaking about it. was just about insane. It. It, it was, what was heartbreaking about that is every time that Dame passed the ball, yeah. the, yeah, the Trailblazers yeah, did something I was going to run you through the double the double overtime, but I didn't want yeah, to make fun of Robert so Covington and C.J. McCollum anymore. Oh, my gosh. You the, go through, and it's like Robert Covington misses a three-foot dunk. Yeah. C.J. McCollum steps yeah, out of bounds. get another stop. C.J. McCollum steps out of bounds. Oh. Turnover. I was like, oh, my gosh. Stop passing the ball. Yeah. Anyway, so they end up losing the game in double overtime, but – it was it was just remarkable, and I just love Damian Lillard. That's a great and, yeah. and what he did in that game was was really one of the craziest things I've ever seen. So and that it, that was my favorite playoff. It moment. just overshadowed the MVP Jokic. I mean, he had a it, heck yeah. of a game too. Yeah, thirty nine mm-hmm. totally. double, and you don't even you don't even think about yeah. it because you're just like so amazed about yeah. of what Dame, what Dame did. did. Yeah, I'm pulling up that Jokic line as well. Um, so Parker ran us through. I think it was game five. Was it game five? Yeah. yeah. Where am I? Am I in three? Game four. Let me go back. Uh, but Parker ran us through um, his, oh, yeah, duh, right there. Dame's line, Jokic's line was, he had 11 rebounds, nine assists, and 38 points. But, yeah, no, you're, you're right. I mean, and Michael Porter Jr. had a great game, 12, 12, 12 rebounds, 26 points. So, I mean, Nuggets played – Pretty well, and obviously they won. But I mean, you're you're not talking about it. No, you're not talking about it. You're Oddly talking about the efficient game for Michael Porter Jr. too. That was 26 points on 13 shots. He's more of a yeah. 26 on 28 type of guy. But but Damian Lillard <laughs> shot 71 percent from three. Yeah, 71 percent, 12 three pointers. And just not volume scoring, 10 assists. Like mm-hmm. 
And again, if yeah. if he had some competent teammates in that, they might. How does Robert Covington miss two dunks? Like you missed two dunks. Oh Nurkic six turnovers. CJ three turnovers. Nurkic twenty four minutes. And we we talked about that. Like just the inability for Yusuf Nurkic to find a way to stay in the game. He just, I mean, it's easier said than done when your your matchup is Nikola yeah. Jokic, but he just didn't. He never found a way to stay in the game for for all six games. So, um, all right, Hayden, favorite playoff moment? You got one. Um, kind of two. First one is looking back on that Utah Memphis series, um, being in the state of Utah here and like you look back on it and it wasn't that close. Memphis won a game, mm-hmm. but albeit the first game, a- according to jazz Twitter, like this was game seven. We're about to lose. Yeah. Let's blow it up. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny to look back on it. Cause I'm like, wait a second. Yeah. A few of those games were pretty good. You know, but Jazz also looked really good in a few of those games, and they looked really good without their all-star point guard. Like, it wasn't as close no. as people made it sound. That series was not But close. it's just, you know, the beauty of having uh, passionate fans. Um, but That's my single famous favorite moment was watching Luca play the Clippers. Same thing as, as, as Damian, basically one-on-five at times yeah. because uh, Dallas was so bad. There was, uh, I think it was... In game three, the first one that Dallas lost, at this time, the Clippers had basically given up on defending Luka, which is amazing because you look at, you know, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, two of the greatest defenders in the game, if not the two greatest wing defenders. You got Pat Bev out there who does his thing, you know. Um, And they essentially gave up on trying to stop him and were just basically like, Pat, go ahead and get forty four ninety nine. Go get your fouls. We'll sub someone else in to foul him. Yeah. Like there was no stopping him. And the the single moment where I was like, "Oh, Luca owns this team," is when he let Patrick Beverly shoot that three. He airballed it, and Luca gets the rebound and starts laughing. And just no, no, no. no. He wasn't yeah. laughing. He was staring he was at staring Pat at Bev. Yeah. Just stared at him as he walked up the court. And it's like this guy's done. Put in Rondo. Put in. Reggie Jackson, who ended up becoming the best player in the history of basketball. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And, mm-hmm. like, you see Chris Epps Porzingis watching this whole thing, and he's laughing in Beverly's face. And Porzingis did not have a great series, you know? But, like, just just seeing that that confidence of Luka where I'm like, okay, that was – I mean, Kobe wouldn't have laughed, you know? But that was, like, Kobe-esque. That was Michael-esque. Like, mm-hmm. the league is in good hands with this kid who for the last two years – as a 20-year-old, a 21-year-old, he has destroyed Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Right. Like, neither of those guys who are built to stop him can stop him. And I just, oh, gosh, it's, he's going to be so fun to watch mm-hmm. for the next 10 years. Oh, it's going to be so fun. Yeah, I, I was, sorry, real quick, I was going to say Luca in Game 5, which was um, one of the most ridiculous statistical performances of all time where Luca scored or assisted on 31 of Dallas's 37 total oh field my goals. gosh. 31 of 36. It was literally one on five. If the ball didn't touch Luca's hands, they weren't getting – they weren't scoring. That is – that That's is incredible. literally insane. That's incredible. Against – like you were saying, against the Clippers, who are one, supposed to be one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And he's this 22-year-old kid – that uh, 
he might make Slovenia win gold medal. I don't know at this point. Hey, just getting Slovenia into the Olympics was a huge, yeah, yeah. huge accomplishment. Anyway, it was yeah. That was that was going to be one of mine as well. But yeah, I love that pick, Hayden. We saw awesome. some we saw some amazing statistical lines these playoffs. Yeah, I mean, you had multiple like forty point nine and nine games, um, and then you had. Obviously, Kevin Durant's explosion in what was that game five yeah. of the Milwaukee Brooklyn series? Um, you had Devin Booker who exploded in the the Phoenix LA series. Obviously, Dames. You had Luca. You had Donovan Mitchell put up a few. Paul George was amazing. So we had some some great stat lines. All right, Ryan, finish us off. Your favorite playoff moment? Yeah, I think um, maybe I have. Quick one, and then my real one. I, I think the young stars showing out. Yeah. You had Trey, you had Luca, you had Donovan, you had Booker, you had. I'm missing people. Um, just Reggie Jackson. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and what's gonna be, sound really so weird? weird. <laughs> the the legend of Big Gov to me, and though he eliminated my team, and he was a big reason why. I think one of my favorite moments might be Reggie Jackson, yeah. Mister Mister Accessory. I think he's got everyone legally. That the NBA will let you wear. <laughs> but, man, you know, he was the Howard Isley to uh, Russell Westbrook, you know, in OKC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then then Detroit rolls the dice with him. And I don't know if it's because no one wants to play in Detroit, so they don't try hard. Blake Griffin, where you at? Um, yep. Or, <laughs> yep. Or the pressure to be the number one. But, you know, he had a friend in Paul George, and they met through pandemic workouts. He came. And just the confidence he had in a year where if he doesn't show up, he's not getting paid. You know? Right, right. And, and in a year where you can pay him or Dennis Schroeder, other people, I think it was it was cool to see. It broke my heart every time I'm like, okay, the Jazz are getting back in this. <laughs> and then he would Step make Step back three over Clarkson. Yeah. Cash money like he's, you know, he wouldn't, the best he, player that's he, ever played the game he of basketball. Wouldn't, he wouldn't miss. Yeah. Um, on a veteran minimum contract. Correct, correct. And, I mean, I love those stories. And anyone could have had Reggie Jackson. Um, I don't know if everyone – I don't even know if L.A. thought this is what they'd get. I think right. they were thinking it was a backup point yeah. guard, yeah. Uh, run some minutes. But yeah, that stuff to me is cool. Um, and uh, Kellen might hate me. I like seeing Paul George kind of get some of his mojo back. Yeah. Again, it's against the team that, that I cheer for yeah. that I would have loved to win. But, man, that guy has been through it. and uh, He gets so much crap. He gets so much he, crap. He, he, and he gets so much crap from Jazz fans, and he's our villain right now. Right. But to, to watch him take over, Kawhi goes down. There's Everyone in Utah is saying they're done. A lot of the main media said, yeah, this is Utah. Oh, I thought, I thought, I thought for sure. Yeah. For sure. I didn't think they'd win another game. Uh-uh. And, and Paul and Paul George, man. It's it's good to see him get back to to where he was and I don't think a team can be better without Kawhi Leonard, but it almost looked like the Clippers were better without Kawhi Leonard. It just goes to what we were talking about. I don't know if it was last time or the time before. The Clippers are better when Paul George is the primary the number one initiator on offense. Mm-hmm. He's got to be the guy on offense. It's no longer Kawhi. Mm-hmm. Kawhi can still be number one in everything else, but when it comes to scoring the basketball let Paul George do his thing. So Paul George can do his thing. Because if you're running him off screens, if you're making him play in the corner, that's not Paul George. Yeah. Right. right. Well, and I, I read an interesting article about him where, you know, he, and we talked about this too, 
he was number two in Indiana. Yeah. To Danny to Danny right. Granger. Then he was number one, and that's the Paul George we we all grew to. That's right. max contract Paul George. Correct. That's yeah. this is the team that's going to take down the Heat. Yeah. Perfect, perfect. And then he goes and he's the number two to Westbrook in OKC, and that's yeah. natural. I mean, o- everyone hates playing with him. Correct. But but he's the guy. It's his team. Mm-hmm. And then he comes and he's he's the number two in L.A. And and I think you're right. It just it proves that in the ball in his hands when he's allowed to make decisions, he's a capable decision maker, yeah. a capable playmaker. I mean, more more often than not, what he killed the Jazz on. We talked about all these shots that were made in the elite shot making. Paul George is getting there and then having the brain to not go up contested against three people because right. all the Jazz are sacking, hitting. Morris, yep. hitting Reggie Jackson, yep. hitting Pat Bev. I feel like Rondo probably shot 75% from three in that <laughs> series too. Like, But they're getting these great looks because their playmaker, their all-star, their superstar guy isn't afraid to let them have the moments. Yeah. And that's that was cool. So those comeback stories for me are, are big. Again, they hurt, but they're, they were cool. It was a really fun playoffs. I mean, it, it really was from top to bottom. Um I mean, obviously, yeah, like you say, Ryan, you and I are going to be a little disappointed, you know, being Jazz fans. But, yeah. I mean, Philly but fans. Basketball's been great. Yeah, basketball is in great shape. Uh, Philly fans are also as disappointed as, as Utah fans are, maybe maybe a little more so. Um, I'm not sure there. but um, So, yeah, great playoffs top to bottom. We'll, we'll see how this final shakes out. Uh, let's let's kind of transition. Um, let's go into the regular season. Um, I want to talk about our biggest – Regular season surprises. Um, mine's a little off. Uh, Kilter, you might not think that this is much of a surprise, uh, but I I was genuinely shocked at it. I thought the Pelicans staying exactly where they were at, it, it, it genuinely shocked me. There was zero development. They got a new coach, but nothing changed. And, like... Last year, they had this little teeny tiny off or late season push. This year, they didn't. And, you know, Zion's great, but so is Brandon Ingram, and he um, looked worse this year than he did last year. Um, You know, they haven't figured out what to do with Lonzo Ball. They had Steven Adams in there to kind of stabilize the interior. He didn't do that. So, I don't know. The Pelicans staying right where they were at, just kind of shocked me. I'm I, I'm not shocked that they're going to get a new head coach, um, but where they stayed so similar to where they were last year, I was I was genuinely shocked at that. Yeah, super disappointing. You're going to see that affect their long term viability because Lonzo Ball for some reason has so many suitors. We talked about this I think before. Like mm-hmm. there are really really smart NBA guys out there who are going to throw money and trades and picks at Lonzo Ball. You know, you got Zion Williamson, who's amazing. He's doing things statistically at a faster, higher rate than anyone's ever done them before. But you also got to know that his he's got a smaller window, right? right? Like right. he's not going to be LeBron and mm-hmm. be amazing for twenty years. So he's in win now mode, and he's already like, okay, three coaches in three years, I'm out of here. Right? Like he's no, he's not thrilled about it. So the. They've got to figure out something really, really, really fast or else they're going to be where the Pelicans were when Anthony Davis left and just hope another superstar falls into their lap mm-hmm. in the draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's my biggest off-season sp- or, uh, regular season surprise. Um, 
Uh, Parker, what did you got? <clears throat> there were a few that I was pretty surprised by, but I guess my favorite one is that Steph Curry got even better <laughs> than he yeah, was before. Yeah, yeah. I just I, – I really wasn't expecting that. I think that – I mean, we obviously knew that he could shoot the heck out of the ball and that he was going to play for a while because he can shoot the heck out of the ball. So even if you just need to put him in the corner and – you know, let him do what he does. He's going to play forever. But he reached a level that that I don't think anybody in the NBA has ever reached before as far as, like, for a whole season, just I can give you 47 points yeah. any time I'm mm -hmm. on the floor mm -hmm. because that's how well I'm shooting the ball and that's how – just that's how good I am. I I just I just wasn't expecting to see Steph Curry reach another level, and yeah. obviously he had to do it, and he was taking more shots, and his usage rate was a little bit higher. But it was it was truly incredible to see to see him do what he did, and see the Warriors, you know, be as bad as they were, and yet Steph just will them to a playing game, and and nearly make the playoffs. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess that also kind of goes into my off season thing of like. I don't know what moves they're going to make. I don't know what they're going to do with that pick. If they're going to give it up and, and try and put a package together with Weissman or whatever. But I'm excited for the Warriors next year, and I think that they could I, – I think that they're going to be right back in it and they're going to be, yeah. you know, a, a tough team to play with. But, yeah, that was my that was my favorite regular season surprise was that Steph Curry went even another level higher yeah. And was just incredible. And anytime, right? Like you'd be watching the games that were on um um, you know, the nationally televised games, and then you would check down and look at look and see your phone and you're like, Oh, he's got twenty five and a half, like maybe I should tune in because I'm gonna see something crazy. Mm -hmm. And it was just like every time he was playing, you were like, Yeah, I should probably tune in because he's gonna do something crazy. You forget this guy's a two time MVP. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was really awesome. People cared more about his play in game than they cared about the Eastern Conference Finals. Literally. Mm -hmm. Literally. Well and and who else was on that team? Like Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. <laughs> Kev Kevon Looney, Hayden's yeah. boy. Hey, hey he's Kevon. so cool. I love Kevon <laughs> Yeah. But I mean, it's just you're right. It just proves I mean, in a team that I think was just ready to rebound with, you know, Clay. Yeah. And then that injury yeah. coming. I think everyone wrote him off to be what they were last time was that Steph's going to mm -hmm. be hurt or rest or load yeah, manage. Totally. And he's like, yeah, no, I'm just going to play at MVP. And like to me, I think jo Jokic was the MVP. The Joker was the MVP. Right. But you handed it to, to Steph. I wouldn't have complained. No, I, I, I wouldn't have been like, hey, he got robbed. But yeah, it was wild. Yeah. yeah. And I, I guess the other part of it is that it kind of was the thought process of like, oh, he's going to kind of do the same thing and then he's going to be hurt and the Warriors are going to do whatever they do. But he was like, no, I want to come out and I want to play. I want to show everybody that like – yeah. and I know I've already talked about Dame on this podcast and I kind of praised him, but it was like – everybody was like, oh, Dame did this in the bubble and it was amazing. And everybody was like, yeah, he's way better than Steph Curry. <laughs> and Steph Curry was like, no, no, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> I started doing this. You know, right. I, I was the first one to do this. And he kind of reminded everybody, especially me. I invented Dame Range. Right, right. Yeah. exactly. Anyway, it was it was awesome. It's It's been, now that you mentioned it, it's, it was fun this year to watch these, I'm going to say it like they're old, but these 30-plus-year-old point guards come in and just yeah. show everyone, like, hey, we're still relevant and we're still the, some of the best players yeah. in this league. It, it ain't the new age yet. No, yeah, we'll you had Steph. Buckets. You had Dame. You had Chris Paul. Chris Paul. Um, that all just came in and said, "Look, we're we're still the best shooters, yep. 
We're the best playmakers. You know, this is still our league. This is still mm-hmm. our game. We still control what people will do. And so, yeah, that's, that's a good one. That's a good one. And even like the second tier ones, like Drew Holiday, I don't know if he's 30. I don't know how old he is, but I know he's getting, he's up, getting there. up there. He's, he's great. Solid. He's Mike great. Conley gets an all star yeah. his 16th year. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's wild that we're we're looking at the Jaws and the Trays and these next guards. Yes. Right. It's some of those old times. Yeah. I mean, and Kyrie's it's always still, got his handles. Yeah. If he could stay on the court, mm-hmm. whether it's health or. Mental health. Yeah, sabbaticals, whatever. <laughs> he's still. Sabbaticals. He's still, got, he's still got the handles <laughs> that you dream of as a kid yeah. that you think you're doing. You know, he's what you think you're doing when you're in your right. driveway. You know, <laughs> yeah. taking your little sister to the my four year old. What do you think so. you look like? Kyrie's out there uh, taking his unapproved PTO, yeah. <laughs> his unapproved paid time off. Steve Nash is just like. He's like. <laughs> I think Steve Nash really did that. Like uh, at some point in the season when Kyrie wasn't there and the media asked Steve, when do you expect coach? When do you expect Kyrie to come in? I'm pretty sure Steve Nash just shrugged his shoulders and then the media couldn't write anything. They're like, kudos to him for making it work. This He he made it work. He He made it work. Dude deals so much dysfunction every single day. Yeah. Uh, He's he's got to be torn up a little bit watching Phoenix in the finals. A little bit. A little bit. Maybe a little happy, but a little bit like, you imagine if it's Nets Phoenix, oh. Steve Nash just throws a game. <laughs> like, Steve Nash I need is Phoenix just to win this. Just this one's for Amare. Yeah, <laughs> he's on my coaching staff. Yeah. Uh, all right, Hayden, what you got? Your uh, biggest uh, regular season surprise. Um, so two things. One, the the NBA playing games kind of worked. Yeah. We saw they were awesome. Some really good basketball. We saw teams caring at the end of the season. And there was really only like four or five teams that tanked. Like, visibly, they're not trying to win. They're putting a terrible product on the floor. Mm-hmm. You're going to tank, you're going to tank. I think that is a big, uh, like, you, you You look at the playing games and how many teams were playing for it. Like, Chicago at the trade deadline is making trades so they can be the 10 seed like mm-hmm. that was freaking amazing um so uh, i think the playing games worked i think that they were a success despite what lebron said he's just pissed he had to play in one <laughs> um but uh i i really like that i was really surprised by that too because i kind of just thought it was an inconvenience another few days before the real playoffs would start um and then my other one was the the success of G League Ignite team. Um, I, I'm pretty old school in terms of players go to college to get better. That's what's going to be best for them, build their brand, right? Uh, the G League Ignite guys all looked better coming out than coming in. Mm-hmm. They played against higher quality talent than they would have in the NCAA. I mean, they're playing against former lottery picks. They're playing against... 10-year NBA vets. They're playing with guys that were in the league for a long time, teaching them the ropes. And you look at Jalen Green, Jonathan Kaminga, Dacian Nix, like all of those guys raised their draft stock. Yeah. And once again, coming into it, I'm like, there's no way that this young kid getting pestered by Damian Wilkins and Jarrett Jack right, multiple times a season is going to help their draft stock and it did and it like, did so i'm i'm very very intrigued at the future of g league ignite and how much more it will start to i mean 
to to still NCAA players or potential NCAA players now that we got the NIL like NCAA mm-hmm. kids could the high end ones are going to be able to make more money than they're going to make in the G League, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it kind of balances out that way, but I, it's it's fascinating to me. You know, you you forget how good these guys in the NBA are whether or not, you know, they're demoted to the D League or or excuse me, the G League or whatever it be. I uh was was surfing Twitter the other day and and it was a video of Mo Wagner in the Olympic trials and and in the games and Mo Wagner is just torching everyone and these guys are you know professionals overseas but Mo Wagner who's a bench warmer in the NBA is still leagues ahead yeah. of these guys so I think you know when it, to your the, point that video surfaced of that kid at that high school American camp who challenged uh, Brian Scalabrini to one on one game <laughs> yeah and. What did Scal say after the game? I'm, I'm closer, closer to, to LeBron, LeBron than you are to me. Yep. And there's so much truth in that. Yep. Like, I remember back in my, my glory days when I was a somewhat decent high school basketball player, I got to I got to play with a dude who played at BYU and a dude who was a walk-on at Gonzaga. And every good thing I did against those guys, I got the distinct feeling of, they let me do this. Mm-hmm. And these were not guys who even sniffed the NBA. You know, they had European careers, which is really cool, nothing to scoff at. But these guys were not good enough for the G League. And so to see these high school kids go in there and win, and the way that Brian Shaw coached them, like I remember watching one game and they're down by 25 with like 16 seconds left, and he's calling timeouts and setting up inbound plays. Like it's 100% for their development, yeah. for their betterment. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I, I think it's, it's brilliant. Yeah. All right, Ryan, what you got? Um, Kind of two-ish and one that might not make sense, but I loved the the maturation of some of these younger teams. The, mm-hmm. the Jaws Grizzlies, mm-hmm. they're here. Still don't like Dylan Brooks, but yeah. <laughs> um, he's a dog for sure. The Suns, and like I think Caden said, they're going to be good for a long time. The Hawks, mm-hmm. and I'm excited about the Hawks. Yeah. And they got a little glimpse of the Cam Reddish that they think they hope they got at 10. Jeez. At that your boy. Game, My boy. Your least favorite Duke player ever. <laughs> I still want him to be <laughs> successful. I just don't. How how many of those teams popped up, I think, was a big surprise. I mean, even Charlotte. Yeah, Charlotte. Dead. If Lamelo's yeah. not hurt, I think they're above the 10 seed. We're looking mm-hmm. at the standings right now. Um. Makes me wonder what's going on in Minnesota because they have all these young, crazy good players and can't win a game. But the other, the other random surprising thing to me is is the Kemba fallout in Boston so quickly. Yeah, this this savior of the Kyrie debacle that was Celtics experience, um, and how good he looked in his first year. And I know health goes into it, mm-hmm. but man, they. Yeah. Coming off that injury, it was like within two games, they're like, "Oh crap, he's not what he used to be." Yeah. yeah. Well, and and Kemba's always and been a guy that I think. Five years. Yeah. He's always been a guy that I think you you stand beside because he gave everything to Charlotte. They mm-hmm. never gave him anything back. Um, pretty loyal, but it just seemed like he was maybe that perfect court leader for Brown and and Tatum, and now he's in Sam Presti's. Reviving career program, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, a pick and and a couple bad knees, and hoping he can flip it for 
you wonder what went wrong with 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 Kemba because you uh, like we said you know you have these older point guards who do get injured, but then Chris Paul he came back and he looks great. Um, you know you can say what you want about Mike Conley, but when he came back from his injury to this season, he looked great. Um, you can say that about Steph who came back; he looked great. So you kind of wonder what happened to mm-hmm. to Kemba and his recovery process. To maybe he came back and didn't look so great. Well, so. I think you look at the. Those guys who you mentioned, like Chris Paul, his game is ageless. Yeah. It's never been based on athleticism. That's Steph Curry, same thing. Like, he's so skilled that when he is 80 years old, I don't care how slow he moves, he's still going to be useful in the Drew mm-hmm. League. You mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. like. But you look at, like, John Wall, Russell Westbrook, when he gets there, thank goodness he hasn't yet. Um Kemba, these dudes who so much of their game is built on quickness, athleticism, you take that away from them, like, what do they got? Right. I remember when Blake Griffin was lighting the world on fire in L.A., uh, Charles Barkley got a lot of crap because he was like, I can't wait for Blake Griffin to figure out how to play basketball. And everyone's like, what are you talking about? He finished second in MVP voting, and he's like, right, right. He's really athletic, and he uses that great, but... Imagine how good he would be if he had a fadeaway or if he had a reliable 20-footer, you know? Mm-hmm. And some of those guys just never developed that stuff. And no knock on them, but, like, look at Derrick Rose. Yeah. That dude is athletically, physically a shell of what he used to be. But he's adapted his game. But he's figured it out, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? And it's 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 a shame. It's, it's sad that some of these guys, like John Wall, we're never going to see John Wall again. No. You know? He's just a contract right. at this point. I think Kemba can find a role as, like, a Jeff Teague type where he plays 12 minutes a game, hits a couple shots, provides a really good locker room presence. But it's crazy to think that that's what we're limiting him to when two years ago we're like, hey, half a step down from Kyrie, but Boston's still going to be good. This guy's still a starter in the the All-Star game. Yeah, and and if you go back to that draft, he's probably the number two pick. Yeah. Or in arguments for it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Well, those are all. Those are all really, really good. Um, great conversations there. So we got a few minutes left. I do want to touch on maybe some off season predictions. We're gonna go pretty in depth and in the off season in later episodes. Probably next time we're gonna talk about the NBA draft and maybe uh, once we dive into the NBA draft, we'll be able to to poke some off season predictions um, out of there. But uh, let's go into early, way too early. Off-season predictions, uh, Parker. We'll start with you, man. What you got? Um, I my only one that I really even feel somewhat confident about, and you know, just really might not happen. Um, I think a Kyle Lowry is going to go to an LA team, hmm. and I don't know which one it's going to be, but I do think that's where he's going to end up. I just I think that. Both of those L.A. teams can really benefit from him, even if it's just Kyle Lowry having won a championship and Kyle Lowry just, you know, being annoying and and doing what he does. I especially think the Lakers can benefit from it. But anyway, that's that's the only one I really feel confident about. Is he a free agent? Yeah. Yeah. He is. Yeah. So you can either sign a trade or just sign out. Or sign him. Um, And then – I don't – I guess this is just kind of to spark the conversation, but I think the two biggest teams that we're going to see like a 
quote unquote blockbuster trade is um, Portland and the Sixers. Yeah, and I'm I'm not saying they're going to trade with each other. I don't think that that's going to happen. But I do think that those are going to be the two biggest trades of the off season. And I don't know. I mean, yeah, we kind of talked texted about it in the text thread of like. I don't, I don't really know why the Sixers turned down that trade for Malcolm Brogdon. No. Because I think that, Kellen, you said it, I think that that kind of fixes what the Sixers needed. I think that Malcolm Brogdon would have been a great fit for the Sixers, and mm-hmm. I don't know if the Sixers are getting more than that. But Well, anyway. Malcolm Brogdon doesn't miss free throws. Ever. <laughs> Not just in the playoffs. Partially, ever. though, because Malcolm Brogdon hasn't played more than, like, 20 games in a season the last few years. He's always hurt. Ah. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon. I don't is know. That yeah. is why they turned the trade down. Was would you rather have Ben Simmons on your team, who might suck, or a player who's not even going to play? So maybe what the Sixers do is get Kemba to play just the fourth quarter for <laughs> Ben Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. Uh, I, I don't but know. I agree. I, a, a player of Brogdon's caliber, I think, is the best that they could have done. Wasn't Brogdon an All Star last year? Um, or he's close or something like that. I remember I mean, he was getting I mean, some he, serious he won buzz. Year over Embiid, which is <laughs> he um, he definitely misses a lot of games. Thirty year old Malcolm Brogdon, yeah, rookie, because he's like a four. He was like a four year plus a transfer guy. Like I feel like he was yeah. maybe like a no. I really like Malcolm Brogdon. I just a player who's not going to be on the court can't help you. I think that's ultimately what kept him that trade from going through. You know, it makes a lot of sense for Portland and Philly to trade with one another. <laughs> I mean, they just right. We talked about that. We talked about the, the CJ for Ben straight across. I mean, it it, it solves a lot of teams' issues. But right, so Malcolm Brogdon played fifty games, fifty games, sixty games last year in Milwaukee, fifty or forty eight with Milwaukee, seventy five his rookie year. He hasn't played more than over fifty games. You know, like that's tough. That is tough. That is tough. You, when he well, plays, he's very good. Well, on the first, so good, and first. healthy Malcolm Brogdon pushes that team probably to the NBA Finals. Yeah, like, is is fifty games of Malcolm Brogdon the better than what Ben Simmons did in that playoff series? Oh hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. Lord I mean, management, Malcolm Brogdon that helps. Them. <laughs> well, and if they have Maxi, that they can Maxi look pretty. Yeah, good. just go yeah, get go I get do. some older I, point guards like, like George Hill, like they have. And then just <laughs> make you make Go, him just do exactly what they've done. Minus Ben Simmons. Minus Ben Simmons. <laughs> Substitute Ben Simmons for Malcolm Brogdon. I'm a huge Malcolm Brogdon fan. I I think he's I, he's a, uh, a hell Milwaukee of, could have kept if they could have kept him. Imagine, but they wouldn't series. have gotten Drew Holiday. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I I, I hear you. But I mean, that's true. They made the right choice. This might not be worth talking about, but Indiana chose Brogdon over Ricky Rubio. And it's obvious to see why. Like, the the dude not only can hit free throws, which I keep harping on because he's one of the best ever to shoot free throws, but um, he's a knockdown shooter, too. Yeah. He's he's an excellent defender, so I don't know. I don't yeah. know, Philly. And I wonder how much of that trade, like, Daryl Morey's very good at his job. I wonder how much of that was him being like, I scoff at this, I can get something more. Maybe everyone around the league will be like, oh, yeah, maybe Simmons isn't as far gone as we think. Right. He is, yeah, you know. Yeah. All right, Hayd, what you got? Um, few of them. I, I'll, I'll save most of these for. I say a few. I've got like ten because NBA offseason is my favorite thing in the world. Um, but going off your Lowry stuff, not only do I think Lowry is probably going to go west, I'm very interested to see what he and his 
BFF DeMar DeRozan do. I think there's a mm. very, oh. very big possibility mm. that they are a package deal. Both of them unrestricted free agents. I mean, wow. That would make me so happy. Both of them I could see, like, taking a pay cut so they could play together. Yeah. But so. we're both demanding uh, no trade clauses in our contracts. Like, So, I mean, Lowry and DeRozan make any team much better. Mm-hmm. Dallas. Yeah. Ooh. Unreal. Oh Dallas. my gosh. If they if they so my one of my hot takes was gonna be DeRozan to Dallas. I think he's Well Dallas and Miami are the two teams that are could do it. Getting ready for uh Kwai, right? If you don't get Kwai Leonard, if he stays pat or ends up going to the other team, Lowry and DeRozan is a pretty sweet consolation package. Oh my gosh, that would be excellent. And that 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 gives you a window. That gives you a window of like, hey, you got two years. Right, make it happen. Yep. Lowry, he's another one. His game has aged very well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Despite the fact that he's like 50, he's gotten better every single year he's been in the league. <laughs> and he's, he's also gotten bigger. charges a year. Yeah, and he could teach Luca how to play basketball out of shape, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> hey. Um, so when you eat this the night before, this is what you're going to want to do. <laughs> Other thing, um, looking at what Miami's going to do, because it, it, it's pretty rare for NBA players these days to sign – uh, early termination uh, clauses, but the, the team's in charge of it, right? The mm-hmm. ETOs that uh, a team option, but Miami has three. They got Drogic, Iguodala, and a trade exemption from uh, Justice Winslow, which means they're gonna have forty-six million dollars off the books just like that, and that's enough to sign anybody. Mm-hmm. So, really interested to see what they do with that money. And then the last thing is the disease of more. I don't know if you guys are familiar with. Ben S- or Bill Simmons, uh, yeah, take on the disease of war when a team reaches really high heights. Suddenly, everyone wants a bigger piece of the pie. Everyone wants a bigger uh, role in the offense. And I think if there's a team that's going to suffer from that, I don't think Chris Paul will allow the Suns to do it. But I think Atlanta is a big oh one. yeah yeah. John Collins thinks he's better than he is already. Mm-hmm. You know, you got all of these guys that played really, really well, these young kids that played really well in the, the playoffs. I could see them having a really hard time getting back to the Eastern Conference Finals because suddenly everyone thinks they deserve more. Yeah, and right? with all the young minds there. Yeah. That makes sense. So who do you, if you're Atlanta, who do you go all in on? If you have to pick two guys – well, let's not because obviously you're going to go in all in on Trey. So if you have to pick two guys on top of Trey Young to go all in on, who do you do? That's a tough one. Um, a Kongu. A Kongu? Onyeka? Good. I, I really liked what a Kongu brought. Yeah. He's, he's almost to the point where I'm like, maybe you shop Capella. Well, I mean, Capella has been great his entire career, but Capella has also been catching lobs his entire career from yeah. Trey, from Chris Paul. Like, yeah, his job hasn't been hard. Protect the rim and catch some lobs. lobs, but still some value from him if you can. A team that's yeah, like Congo's oh, yeah. headed in the right direction. Um, I really, really like John Collins. Yeah, I, I've always liked him. I'm a big ACC homer. So, but if that dude can't get along with the best player on your team, you got to get rid of him. So it's like we get into the range. It's like, do we think about Herder? Is he one of those guys? Is you know? Yeah. Herder's got to be like your fourth, fifth guy, right? Yo, he's got to be. But I mean, for who do you go all in on with their current roster? Bogdan, Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich, great. Like, 
Cam Reddish. But that's I think I think I see what you're saying here. It's like <laughs> is like you have You go all in on Trey Young is the point. You tra- go so, all you know? in on Trey Young, but then if you can get someone else, I mean, not to say that this this roster isn't talented, but if you can get someone else they, in the meantime, they have assets. I mean, you've got yeah. DeAndre Hunter, Herder, Cam Reddish, and that was a joke. People that were hurt though, Cam didn't play all playoffs. Correct. DeAndre Correct. Hunter didn't. DeAndre play. Hunter is their best defender. But you, yeah. you get someone that's ready to go to a, a rebuild. Uh, hey, Portland. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they don't want Dame, but I mean, my big thing was going to be a Portland explosion blow up. I got Dame going to the Bulls, CJ hitting Seventy Sixers, but they want. Rocco, they want. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've got. They've got. He's yeah. not. He's not a name that puts you over the top. But if they wanted someone that's going down, you you play Rocco over. Oh, I don't even know the 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 Atlanta Hawks roster, but you play Rocco over to, Solomon Hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go. Definitely. <laughs> but but yeah, you find you find a team that's. They got some good. I mean, they have assets to get somebody. Trade yeah. assets. Yeah. I sure. I think you put. It, it's really hard because we didn't fully get to see it like because they had got Nate McMillan at the same time that Bogdan Bogdanovich came back and then somehow Trey Young was all of a sudden Steve Nash and so it's kind of hard to say like what actually caused this Hawks team to get so good but in my opinion I really think it was Trey Young and I yeah. think that you know the disease of Moore is very very real but do you just say like hey Trey Young get these guys to stay get these guys convince them that we can win a championship and say, hey, Nate McMillan, convince these guys that we can win a championship if everybody buys in and if everybody plays their role. Because I, I really think that they can. They're really young, and DeAndre Hunter is really, really good, and so is John Collins. I freaking love – John Collins just hustles. Yeah. yeah. And then at the same time, you give him, and he's got his back to the basket, and he'll elevate and get you a bucket. Mm-hmm. And he can and hit threes. Yeah, yeah, he'll knock down a three, and he just hustles so freaking hard. And just wants to dunk it on everybody's head. He's and got it's like awesome. potential to be a much better Jay Crowder. Yeah, yeah. he keeps yeah. his head on yeah. straight. Yeah, and and he can play the small ball five. Yeah, yep. yeah. He, I, I, I really love what they do. And so, if you're the front office, do you kind of just say, "Hey, Trey, you know we're going all in on you. You're going to get paid. You have to convince everybody else to take a pay cut to help them understand that, like, if you guys want to win a championship, you know, trust me." And let's let's get it well, done with Atlanta specifically. The city, like Atlanta, is a hotbed of talent. So many NBA guys have come out of Atlanta. They didn't necessarily play for Atlanta, but they come from Atlanta. Yeah. And if you get another year or two of sustained excellence, suddenly that looks like a much better for yeah, you. Yeah, it looks like a nice place to yeah. go. Like, why wouldn't you want to go home and play with? A really good team. Yeah, sure. The only thing they've got to figure out is the Atlanta sports curse, which is very real. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, pal. Yeah, that's right. Our resident Braves fan comes out. So you have so your your off season predictor is is the Trailblazers blow it up. Yeah, I have two. Trailblazers blow it up, and I mean everybody. Dame mm-hmm. finally gets out of there. Um, Zach Collins out for the year again. Yeah, Zach Collins will miss the year. Your number I, one overrated player of all time. He is. Uh, I I I don't disagree with you there because they they signed uh, Chauncey Billups long term. Yeah, I think they give him. I, Say hey, I we're gonna blow it up a, and give you four years. Go make it bet. Go in make the it NBA work. right now. Yeah, I don't think I don't think the Blazers have the assets, the money, the space to give Dame what he needs to win. And I don't think Dame's just going to want to trade for trade sakes. Like I don't. I think a lot of people say New York. I don't know if he goes to New York and he's going to win a championship. That's why I said Chicago because 
it, it's maybe they're not there either, but they've got Levine, they've got Vooch. Mm-hmm. I think right. Can you make it work and get lucky just like Milwaukee? And get the Eastern Conference semifinals. Correct. And then and then hopefully maybe you have the best guy left in the playoffs, kinda like Parker yeah. was saying. And yeah. He, yeah. he pulls a crazy and I, I think they've got, you know, Kobe White, Pat Williams, some young sign and trade marketing Pat or something. Williams, awesome. Um so that's it. The other thing is I think De'Aaron Fox finally holds the Kings accountable this year. Someone get, needs get to me, get me some help or get me out of there because someone needs he to. is just withering away right. in sack. Well, you got Fox and Halliburton, yeah, and you. It's really, really as the Blazers have shown. It's really, 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 really hard to win with two small guards, no matter how good they are. Yep. Right. And and I think I mean there's hope and there's promise there, but how Luke Walton still has his job is beyond me. <laughs> I think any of us could be the head coach and probably win more games there. Well, their new GM is a huge analytics guy. Yeah. So and I think analytics are great. I'm a huge John Hollinger stan. Like, but at a certain point, you got to put the analytics aside and be like, okay, your backcourt is combined twelve feet. Yeah. That's a problem. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, those are those are my two. Also, the slide one in my Portland blow up. Sam Presti takes one of their big contracts and fourteen picks. Ennis Cantor, Nurk, someone. Yeah, just just for just what he does. That's what he does. That's yeah. what he does. Uh, that's that's funny you mentioned. I I had Dame leaving as well as as my Austin predictor. I I don't know where Chicago's an interesting one. Um, I think really salivating over here. You can <laughs> you can make the argument for uh, any of the, either of the New York teams. Uh, probably not either of them. Probably just the Knicks. Um, you could say Miami. Yeah. Um, the the mock so. trades to the Lakers are my favorite ones. The overvaluation of Kuzma, Kuzma, uh, <laughs> Taylor, Taylor, Horton Tucker. Yeah, they're not like it's just the. Yeah, I like it's, Dallas. I, love I, I like yeah. I like Dallas as a landing spot for Dame. Um, I think if Dallas can somehow offload Porzingis and use the money to to get just Dame. to get Dame, I think that's an interesting one as well. Zach Collins and Porzingis on the same team. <laughs> God. That is so much money that never plays. <laughs> Two seven footers. Probably still keep Cantor, Nurk, bring Hassan Whiteside back. <laughs> Jeez, I feel like Portland just always Myers has, like, Leonard looking yeah. for a job since his uh, <laughs> most expensive uh, chairs ever sat on. Yeah, uh, just my, bring Greg Oden back for the fun of it. Hey, no, my uh, my my now it's getting personal. My next one is. <laughs> My next one is Reggie Jackson's gonna go get paid, and I don't know yeah. by who. Yeah. I, I think I think it's probably the team that doesn't either get Lowry or Dame or Ben Simmons. They're gonna go all in on Reggie Jackson, and Reggie Jackson is going to do the exact same thing he did after he had an excellent off or postseason with OKC when Russell Westbrook went out. Gets the bag, goes there, and just stinks up a storm. He's so. gonna be the. And I don't, I don't say this because I hate Reggie Jackson. I, I really want him to do well. Like I said, he was one of my favorite players. It's going to be like Minnesota. He's going to strike out right. with right. trading for Ben Simmons mm-hmm. and all these moves that they want to make, and they're going to They're, they're going to panic. Him they're going to yep. throw all this money at Reggie Jackson, and then you're going to have Reggie Jackson, Cat, Anthony Edwards, Ants. all these players that need a number the one. ball yeah. in their hands. Yep. Yep. Just like happened in Detroit. Just like what happened in Did- Detroit, so. I could see him staying. Did you see his post game press conference? He was he was emotional. He was, he pretty was emotional. super emotional. And I guess it's because he that you know the team saved his career and now he can get paid. 
But at the same time, like you were saying, like him and Paul George are best friends. Yeah. And they really get along. And I think that Reggie Jackson really had a lot of fun playing basketball. And I know that money is very important, but I think the Clippers can still give him some money. And he's already gotten a big contract. Yeah. And, and he Maybe might. He decides yeah. That's what he wants. I'm fine with the mid-level exemption, which is nothing. That's what? Well, $8 million now? I'd yeah. Mid-level. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I think, I'm, I'm not saying that he's going to say no to a bunch of money because yeah. I definitely think that somebody will pay him, and I think the Minnesota would pay him. But at the same time, like he got really emotional, and yeah. it was like, you know, tears were rolling, and that's like, I don't know if he wants to just be happy and play basketball, then I think he should stay with the Clippers. It's easy. He was obviously having a good time. I mean, yeah, he they had an excellent run to the to the Western Conference Finals. Let the dust settle a little bit, though, and then someone comes at you with tens of millions of dollars. Yeah. Like a Dallas. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm Boston, you. maybe? He played his college in Boston. Orlando. Orlando. Which I feel like we should probably Boston end the we should probably end the yeah. podcast there because that's our first mention of the Orlando Magic, which we forgot were an NBA team. I would love so. him to go to Orlando because I get so annoyed at all the Cole Anthony. I am so good. I'm gonna be a superstar <laughs> talk, and it's like no, 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 no. You literally like you hit one as, buzzer beater, as dude. As soon as Fultz went out, you literally had no but like no other options. That's why you got playing time. Bro. Yep. He's he's the most irrational confidence guy in the NBA right now. Yep. <laughs> Drives me nuts. Yep. Yeah, but he's born fifty as a point guard. Aiden's pops. Yeah, Aiden's just is. fuming. Oh, <laughs> I want Reggie Jackson or Orlando to humble Cole Anthony. Is it a UNC thing? It's one hundred percent a UNC. One hundred percent. He's I, so irrational about I this learned, right I now. Learned, I learned this about Hayden. His and I knew he was a dookie. Mm-hmm. So. But anytime he plays with Cam Johnson on 2K, have you guys heard the story? Uh-uh. He goes and he changes the college from UNC to Villanova because he played three years at Villanova. He played longer at Villanova. Yeah, so he's <laughs> he grad transferred. So he wants the guy. He's a wildcat. He wants the guy on the team because he's a bucket. He can shoot. He's a wildcat. Yeah, but he's got to change him to Villanova. You won a national championship at Villanova. All right. <laughs> All right. Oh, that was awesome. Well, thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Thundercast. We'll we'll be back with you here in a couple weeks uh, to go over the NBA Finals, what we saw, and then we're going to dive into the NBA draft uh, a little bit further into the NBA offseason. And don't forget, we are your hub for SU Sports. So we're going to start talking about SU Sports here pretty quickly as well because that's, uh, that's quickly approaching. It's July gentlemen it is july so thank you for tuning in everyone have a great one